0: to the rest stop. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. Today, we're talking about pop. I grew up in Wisconsin, so that's what I call it, though I know the term is hotly debated. So this is just a note at the top to say that yes, I'm sorry. I'm one of the people who says pop. In 1924, the Cola Union Bottle Works Company introduced a new flavor of soft drink called knee-high, it offered orange, grape, root beer, peach, and other flavors and became instantly successful, outselling their original chero cola entirely. Due to its popularity, the company changed its name to the High Corporation in 1928. In the early 20th century, the national logo of High was usually a picture of a seated woman's legs, with the skirt high enough to show the stockings up to the knee, suggesting the phrase, "knee high." to illustrate the correct pronunciation of the company's name. A more scandalous Midwestern version showed a single thigh-high disembodied leg without a skirt. This particular version of the logo was referenced in Gene Shepard's story, My Old Man and the lascivious special award that heralded the birth of pop art, in the book In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. The classic 1983 movie A Christmas Story was adapted from several short stories in the book, and so the now-famous Leg Lamp, the major award, actually came from the Midwestern Knee High logo. Who knew? Well, now you do. Knee High was advertised on the Ripley's Believe It or Not radio show, and the company also began to use celebrities like Bing Crosby, Joan Crawford, Bob Hope, and others to promote it. In the late 40s, the corporation offered over 10 flavors, including Dr. Nihai, Nihai Chocolate, Nehi Root Beer, Nihai Lemonade, Nihai Wild Red, Nihai Blue Cream, and its more classic flavors of orange, grape, and peach. Many of these were later dropped as their novelty and popularity waned. Later, the Nihai Corporation reformulated Chero Cola, renaming it Royal Crown Cola, or RC Cola. In 1955, the company changed its name to the Royal Crown Company after the success of its RC Cola brand, and in April 2008, Nehi became a brand of Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, which is now apparently Keurig Dr. Pepper. The mergers of these giant corporations baffle me. But some of the brands under this large umbrella include Orangina, Keurig, Canada Dry, Hawaiian Punch, IBC Root Beer, Mott's, Sunkissed, YooHoo, and of course, Nihai. I'll admit here that I went online and bought myself a three-pack of Kneehighs to drink while doing research for this episode. Grape, orange, and peach. I don't normally drink a lot of pop, but it turns out that reading about it, writing about it, and thinking about it really puts you in the mood. This brings us to the world's largest bottle. Built in 1924 in Auburn, Alabama. The bottle, sometimes called the Knee High Inn, or the Twist Inn, was created by John F. Williams, owner of the Knee High Bottling Company in Opelika, Alabama. That's capital T, the, capital B, bottle, like the pill, except I think the bottle maybe did a little less for women's liberation. In a 2015 article in the Auburn Villager, Williams' granddaughter Ann Booth said that her grandpa didn't think the bottle would be quite so big a deal. People were just beginning to travel the road that eventually became Highway 280 from Birmingham. It wasn't even paved, Booth said. People were beginning to drive it occasionally, and he saw the future and thought it would be a really great advertisement. And he was right. Here I am making an entire podcast episode about it. I even bought some knee-high, effective. William's nickname was Chero-Cola after the company, but his granddaughter knew him as Jack or Big Daddy. I'd like to formally request that people start calling me Big Daddy. It's a really solid nickname. The bottle stood 64 feet tall and measured 49 feet in diameter at the base and 16 feet at the cap. The ground floor was a grocery store and service station, and the second and third floors were living quarters and storage. The columns holding up the roof of the service station were smaller Chero Cola bottles. The neck of the bottle had windows so it could be used as an observation tower, and the bottle cap was, of course, the roof. Inside, there was a spiral oak stairway. It became a gathering place for both tourists and locals to have parties every Friday night on the balcony above the service station. There's a lot I'd do at this point, mid-winter, mid-pandemic, to go to literally any party, but I'd especially love to go back in time and attend a party held on the balcony of a large knee-high bottle, perhaps while wearing a snazzy little suit, smoking a long cigarette. I've never had a cigarette in my life, but I feel like I need one to complete the look here. That same newspaper article said they used the balcony for dancing. What a dream. Take me there. I'll read more here from that 2015 Auburn Villager article. William's great-niece, Jill Sabalski, who had sifted through a number of census records and old newspaper articles about the bottle for a book she wrote on her family's history, said it had an accompanying barbecue stand and the second floor of the bottle had an open-air porch for dancing. Sabalski also mentioned that the bottle was known as a man's world, where they gathered around a pot-bellied stove and talked of cows and crops and swapped stories and yarns. Booth, who is now almost 84 years old, recalled going to the Twist Inn as a five-year-old and being heckled by workers. I can remember going out there several times and them teasing me because I always wanted a new grape soft drink rather than a knee-high, Booth said. They'd say, here comes that lady that won't buy knee-highs. I was five years old, I didn't know I was supposed to get a knee high." The bottle even had some famous visitors. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt stopped briefly at the bottle after visiting Auburn, as did comedian Minnie Pearl. Unfortunately, this marvel of advertising and community no longer exists. Most records say it burned down in 1936. Though various papers also say 1933, 1935, or 1937. Whatever the year, it burned and was never rebuilt. But its name and legacy live on. It's still listed as a location on Alabama maps, and the now-empty lot bears a historic plaque and photograph of the structure to commemorate its existence. The locals still use it as a landmark for giving directions sometimes turn left at the bottle. Haley Red Development Company purchased the land in 2006 and, as of today, it stands empty. But don't worry, there's a different giant pop bottle you can visit instead. In fact, it's the world's largest pop bottle, or so some say. This one's in Arcadia, Oklahoma, and stands an impressive 66 feet tall if you count the straw two feet taller than the bottle was. It stands along Route 66, and its height is a reference to the famous road. Weighing in at over four tons, it was constructed by WW Steel in Oklahoma City and affectionately nicknamed Bubbles. But sadly, you can't go inside this particular bottle. It's a sculpture made of yellow-painted steel hoops with thousands of LED lenses attached, enabling it to change colors. The bottle stands outside of Pop's Soda Ranch, a gas station, mini-mart, and a restaurant built in 2007 by the former CEO of the Chesapeake Energy Corporation, Aubrey K. McClendon. The building was designed by architect Rand Elliott based on consultations with Route 66 author and historian Michael Wallace. Although it's a newer addition to Route 66, The creators wanted to make sure it fit with the aesthetics of the other iconic attractions. Rather than being named after soda, as you might expect with a name like Pops, it's actually named after McClendon's father. Inside of the building, you can of course buy a large variety of soda. Over 700 varieties and brands are offered. They have over 80 varieties of root beer alone. There's a soda kiosk available for people who want to sample some of what they have to offer, and the touchscreen display also allows visitors to have soda bottles shipped to their home. Here I'll read off some of the sodas they carry. Avery Swamp Juice, Beef Drinker Teriyaki Beef Jerky Soda, Boots Coconut, Corn Squeeze and Citrus, Dr. Brown's Celery Tamarind Harritos, Hosmer Lime Ricky, Jean Autry Root Beer, Lester Fixin's Ranch Dress and Soda, Ew. Pete's Pumpkin Patch Soda, Nella Bella Pistachio Cream Fizz, Rocket Fizz Chocolate Soda, Dublin Fru Fru Berry, Martian Mars Kumquat, Moxie Original Elixir, Virgil's Dr. Butter, Hippo Cream. Cool Mountain Peach Soda, Filbert's Banana, Peanut Butter Soda, Hot Lips Ginger, and naturally several varieties of knee Growing up, pop was always a treat for me. We didn't regularly keep it in the house. When I went to college and realized I could have a soda with every meal in our cafeteria, I burned myself out on it big time. Now I'm back to soda pop being a pleasant treat once in a while, and I'll get myself a nice fountain Baja blast sometimes when I'm eating Taco Bell. But the biggest treat is a glass bottle Mexican Coke with real cane sugar. There's nothing quite as satisfying as the ritual of opening the bottle and taking that first perfect sip. Next time maybe I'll close my eyes and imagine myself on the balcony of the bottle, waiting for the dancing to begin. This week, we have some messages from listeners. The first comes from Jeff, who also happens to be my dad. Thanks, Dad. About the Denver airport, he says, You forgot to mention the gargoyles that stand in protection of the travelers through the airport. They are creepy. The airport installed a talking gargoyle in 2019. It interacts with passengers as they walk by, startling many. Notre Denver features two cast bronze gargoyles perched inside suitcases, watching over the east and west baggage claim areas. Historically, gargoyles were placed on buildings to protect the site. Denver International Airport's gargoyles sit slightly above travelers' heads to help ensure the safe arrival of baggage. These two sculptures are in temporary storage due to construction. They will return by the end of 2021. As far as the various levels of the airport, my sister was taken down into the low levels when a tornado warning forced the closure of the airport while she was waiting for a departing flight. I'm not sure how many levels she went down, but she says it was pretty far. The other message concerns Paul Bunyan. Todd Moon shared a bit about the Talking Paul in Brainerd, Minnesota. He says, Those figures were originally in Brainerd, and the city was abandoning the park, so my sister-in-law and her family moved to the park to the south of Brainerd and joined it with this old farm, and they have one of the biggest haunted corn mazes in the state. We all help haunt it for the month of October. Thanks for writing in. As always, if you've been to the Bottle or Pops on Route 66 or any of the other places I've talked about, write in and tell me about it, and I might read your message on the next episode. You can email me at reststoppod at gmail.com. That's R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at reststoppod, R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D. Give us a follow. And if you're liking the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, share with a friend, share on social media. All of these things help us out. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in two weeks.
1: Look at all the peaches It's already dead I know you have the dove I'm not getting wet The bottle, the bottle Looks like a date is set Show the ferret to the egg I'm not getting let along. The bottle, the bottle The bottle, the bottle, the bottle, the bottle, the bottle.